Well, hello and welcome <laughs> to Loving Your Garden with me, Rod Whiting, group founder and our resident horticulturist, John Sterland, for our first event of the year. 2023, John. Yes, I know. Just out of hibernation. <laughs> yeah, we've been locked away through the winter. Um, yes. Suddenly today the sun came out and it's almost as if they it, the weather knew that we were going to be starting our gardening events for the year. I actually managed to get out and do some gardening. Yes, I did most of mine yesterday. Yep, I've been improving the patio border. Um, I'm going to be putting um, one or two winter shrubs in there as well. My other half, Cheryl, she wants a little bit more colour in winter around the house. So um, we're going for a clematis serosa, the grizzly cream. It's evergreen as well, so that's going to give us a little bit of leaf as well, make it more cosy. So, yes, looking forward to it. It's always nice to plant a few more things. Nice to see all the photographs that have come on. We've had a lot of wildlife photographs on over winter, and that's been nice. Wildlife is a big part of our garden, so uh, Mm. so why not? Right. Um, well, let's talk first of all about. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's been it's been pretty quiet in the UK. I mean, I appreciate there are people uh, living in other parts of the world who perhaps might be tuning in, and different seasons. But for us in the UK, it's very much uh, a, a downtime, really. Um, although we are getting better with winter plants now, aren't we, John? Oh, absolutely, Rod. It was lovely on to see today a monkey. Somebody had got a monkey mm. in the back garden, which was, which was wonderful. Uh, that that really does show it's global, doesn't it? I don't know um, where that was. I assume South Africa, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, somewhere, well, somewhere like that, yeah. But winter's great, in a way. You know that low winter sun yeah. when it's shining and it shines on things like hellebores and stuff like that? It is absolutely fantastic. In the middle of summer, when it's right above us, it, it's basically just a bright sky, but was it Super Trooper? Isn't that a isn't a that a special light spotlight? Yes. And yeah. I found, I class the sun of a Super Trooper, and it really does make a difference. And um, it's lovely to see Mary put some photographs of hellebores on today. Nice hellebores, yeah, yeah. yeah Mine I are mean, looking very dismal. Mine have been lying on the floor. It mm. it is absolutely amazing because they just flop along the floor while it's frosty and they don't get much sun so they've been staying like that all the time and now suddenly this straight up looking magnificent and they're starting to open and um, I think winter this year is sort of the right time you know we're just about to go into February Mm. a lot of people's my snowdrops are only just really starting to come i can see the whites of the flowers but of course it depends where you're gardening and um i noticed one down in kent today there's a lovely bunch of uh, snowdrops so it is a it's a sort of winter as we normally know it um, at the moment and yeah. it's all looking forward rod all the tatar tates are going to come that wonderful wonderful common but fantastic little narcissus it's about yeah. to come i've got a nice group of them yeah. so um yeah it's all go now there's no i think when the snowdrops are out there's no turning back nature's going forward and that's where it's going to go it's all systems go 
Um, well, I just want to say hello to Andy Tudbury, who's uh, with us. Hello, Hi, Andy. Andy. Yeah, good to have you with us. And Paul Morley as well. Got all the gardeners oh, with us. <laughs> hello, Paul. And he says, uh, good to see you on a Sunday. Well, yeah, let's uh, let's see how we go. <laughs> and Sheila Batham is with us as well. And who else? Uh, Daphne Burgess is here. Nice to have you with us uh, on a Sunday afternoon. And it seems like a really good time, actually, to, to be talking about gardening, doesn't it? But Well, I think the for today, has I've, I've seen a, a lot more activity already. And uh, I can see photographs going up of people actually doing stuff in the garden. What sort of things can we be doing now, John? Well, I'll just mention one other thing, Rod. One of the most important things, pop down to your local garden centre. I went down the other other day to talk to Gordon. Gordon created our local garden centre, Fakenham Garden Centre, and we were chatting the other day, and he said, you know, this is such a wonderful time, and all the new dahlias and everything, the new seeds are in. It is just fabulous to walk into a garden center at this time of year and see all that potential it, little bags and little boxes of potential it really is you know corms and you know it, everything's there so get down there get yours early and um you know and, and get what you want because it, it is wonderful but one of the things i wanted to mention rod how about giving a little bit of feed some things could do with a little bit of breakfast. And the reason I say this is because if you've got anything that wasn't flowering very well or didn't fruit too well last year, but looked pretty healthy, but shy of flowering, etc., sulfate of potash. This is a great time to put a bit of sulfate of potash around things because over the next few weeks it will break down um, into the soil the rain will take it down and then it'll be available to the roots you know it's no good waiting for the flowers to come out and um you know and then put it on because you're going to miss them so um it is obviously the buds have got to be there now but um yeah it will do them a world of good don't need any nitrogen anything like that at the moment um just that potash Potash is for health as well. So, um, yeah, get a bit on there and it do them a world of good. You were saying earlier, John, about uh, just taking a walk around. If it's your first sort of major walk out in the garden, just to just take a walk around and see what you can. What I mean, can everybody, spot. everybody should be, you know, walking around the garden, get a coat on and go around, particularly when the sun's out. But and David will I mean, David Stevens would be saying, get out there, have a look. Do you want to make any changes? Plants are dormant at the moment. You've got to be careful when you if you move. Um, evergreen shrubs they need a bit more specialist but but deciduous plants you can just dig them up and move them in fact a lot of things do appreciate being moved at the moment walk around with your secateurs and just check everything i've noticed and probably a lot of people have noticed that there's a lot of things that have been knocked back and i think you'll get one or two shrubs this year that do die perhaps some of the um, sages might not be able to cope with the temp the low temperatures that we've had. I always remember years ago, Lavatera used to die every year, and yeah. I can imagine that one or two are going to die this yeah. this year. So, um, yeah, go and get round, take stock, just cut into anything that looks dead, and you if you find that the centre is still nice and green, nice and light colour, 
then there's potential for it to come back. But it's most important that you do walk round. There are some plants that, uh, and particularly roses, uh, I've got uh, the scent from heaven, as you know, I've got a couple of those. Yeah. And and the foliage is still strong on them. I mean, from, from last season. Now, I know you've been saying uh, take the old leaves off, but it's I find it hard to do, John, because they look so good. Yeah, well, I mean, if, exactly, Rod. You know, a lot of the modern writers, they've got cracking foliage, very healthy foliage. But if you see anything that's got a little bit of black spot on or anything mm. like that, then it's worth getting rid of it. I must admit, my simple life, has lost most of its foliage this year. Sent from heaven, hasn't. But I've been going round, taking a few few of the ones that I don't like the look of. But anything that's nice and green, yeah, you can leave that on. But it's just nice to go up to a plant and do a little bit to it, you know. Mm. Go to all of your plants and say, well, just take a few leaves off while I'm here. And, um, you know, perhaps a few old buds, because a lot of the roses you may have left the hips on, you know, for decoration, et cetera. So um, you can get get rid of those or leave them on for the birds because, believe it or not, food for birds is getting scarcer and scarcer until, mm. you know, we get into the warmer weather. Yeah, just go round and do that. But, um, yeah, I still like to get rid of the leaves, Rod, and so the plant's ready for this year. Sheila's asking, when can you repot an Acer? To me, the best time to repot aces is just as we're coming out of winter. You know, if you if we get any cold weather through February and you've put new compost around those roots, it gets very cold and damp. And so it's best to leave it, I think, till the end of February and then do it then. And then the roots will get into the new compost. Uh, you might want to use an ericaceous compost for them. I sometimes mix a bit of John Innes in with ericaceous compost. Plants that are long-term in a container, like a little bit of soil in there. So um, if you could find some acid soil and mix it with a bit of compost, all that will help, and a bit of grit as well, and you'll be fine. Yeah, they'll love it. Being as uh, mentioned about potting aces, I also wanted to mention herbs. If you grow herbs in pots, which is great to do, um, I've got five sorts of mint um, that I grow, spearmint, you know, apple mint, all the ginger mint. And what I'll be doing soon is splitting all those up and repotting some of the roots um, into the same pots, but in fresh compost. So I'll have a lovely pot of mint for, for use during the summer. And you can do it with lo- all the other um, herbs as well if you grow them in pots and that's a great job get home and think oh i'll have an hour potting the herbs and of course even old stems they've still got that gorgeous smell and you think oh yeah i know what that's going to be like in this summer coming right let's let's talk about um jobs then that we can be uh, getting on with and something we talked about on boom radio at the weekend uh, well today in fact I was forgetting. It was, uh, was uh, seeds sowing. We are coming into seeds. Where where have you gone? I'm here. Oh, I'm we haven't a, gone took, anywhere, John. Sorry, I touched my mouse and something happened. So, oh dear, stay away. Cruelty from to it, animals. <laughs> 
Yeah, we're just we're coming into seed sowing time now, Rod. Already, if you grow geraniums, pelagoniums, let's give them the right name. We used to sow our pelagoniums in January. Lobelia is great sown in January. So, and then as we go through February, I used to sow my, and I will be this year, sow it again, sowing tomatoes in February because I'm determined to get a long season. So many people, you know, they put them in and by the end of August, they're just getting the first tomato. But what I'll be doing with them, being as it's very early and we've only got nine hours daylight, I put them under lights. I try and get myself a fluorescent tube i shall set up again this year a fluorescent tube's got all the colors of the light of lighting that's why you don't get a shadow underneath it um and it's great for putting plants under and we try to give them about 16 hours as nearest you can nearest you can to 16 hours daylight you get gorgeous little little uh, plants not drawn you very often find that if you sow seeds and you haven't got any extra light you just put them in a windowsill they're drawn to the light they're great big tall things and um you know that, that in that way they struggle but um is if you haven't got a greenhouse are you gonna have to just put it indoors and and put it yeah. on the windowsill yes you're gonna have to put yes yeah yeah they've got to go in otherwise Leave it as long as possible before you do so, because mm. in another month's time, we'll have two more hours day length. And it's amazing how fast now the light is getting better, even in the morning, although I've not noticed, but definitely in the evening, I've noticed it. And the a balance time is sort of around early March. That's a good time when you can really sow without lights. But um, if you want to sow early and get good plants, I've known people sow and put them under a bedside lamp. You know, it's extra light. And then you switch them off when you go to bed when you finish reading. <laughs> it's yeah. matching the heat to the light. And um, if you can't give them too much light then cut the heat down that little bit and get them growing nice and steadily get them get them germinated because then they're through and get them then take the heat down a little bit we always do that anyway but you can go down that little bit further and remember fresh compost everything clean spotless containers you know some people sew into last year's containers there's all compost around there, the potential for damping off disease and things like that. Look on your seed sowing the same as if, you're, you know, a hospital looks on new babies and things like that. It needs to be cleanliness. Cleanliness is next to godliness. It really is when, when we're sowing seeds. But oh, it's great to sow seeds because... To see them come through and grow them yourself and then harvest later on. And I've done the lot, not just going down to the market and buying some, you know, uh, onions or whatever. You know, it's um, really it's nice to do that. But also it's a, it saves you a packet of money as well, doesn't it? Uh, if you can grow... You know, if you can grow your plants from from seed, right? Let's talk about uh, winter pruning, um, because uh, although it's we're, we're we're not quite into February, we're not very far off. But are there some plants that we can be doing things with, like roses, for example? 
Yes, I mean, you can prune your roses, Rod. You've mentioned that there might be some um, cold weather coming in a couple of weeks or whatever. Mm. Roses can stand it. And the thing is, if you prune them now, those buds, those dormant buds, you cut back to a dormant bud that would never grow. It's it's a dormant bud. The top one's apical dominance. I've told you about it before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cut back to another bud lower down. That bud will start to develop, and it will stand all the weather that's thrown at it. And then when we come to warmer weather, it will be ready to grow away, and you'll have your first flush of roses in June. Whereas if you do late pruning, it can be very often be July before you get in those first those first roses. Uh, one of the things you mentioned for climbers was to take a whole uh, a whole stem out. Um, every year so that you get at least one new stem yes. from the base each year. Yes, I mean, some some of the climbers, they, they never produce from the ground. And, you know, if you've got, got it on a fence, you've got this, you, you've got this enormous great big long growth with just a little bit of twiggy stuff at the top. Yeah. You take one right down, then that's going to encourage new growth from the bottom. Do that every year and you'll have nice growth, from bottom to top, and 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 that's what that's what you're after. If anybody's got guinea, which is um, oh, it's a lovely red, dark red rose. It's gorgeous, but it's a classic for just growing up and then never producing anything from from lower down. And it's always worth getting things to grow from lower down, even well anything really. Hydrangeas. Hydrangeas. I always like to cut hydrangeas back as well. Any pruning that we do, the first thing we take out is any dead wood, and then you know exactly what you're doing. And, of course, with apples, apples, pears, they need pruning through the winter. It's always best. We used to prune right up to flowering. So, um, yeah, get that done. I've got lots of water shoots to take off because I did a big prune last year on one of my apples. I've done a big prune on another one this year and that'll be the same problem next year but slowly over the couple of years the water shoots will slow down and i'll keep the tree in um, in decent condition it's when we, you really hit it hard that's when you get the water shoots yeah we we won't uh we won't be doing prunus though uh, this no time. no absolutely great i'm glad you mentioned that prunus no we don't do any pruning on prunus until the sap's pushing it's worth getting all the blossom and then doing the pruning after that because you know the sap's pushing yeah well, if, it's, if it's got a stone leave it alone yeah uh, oh very good um that's, that's a bit of a saying that's a good one that's paul morley that's why uh, yeah yeah if it's got a stone leave it alone yeah very good <laughs> advice paul's got that from somewhere i like that one <laughs> <laughs> so we've covered quite a lot in terms of what we can be doing uh walking around who's this sitting oh, somebody's rubbing it in here i'm sitting here with a glass of wine in my hands <laughs> says sheila yeah all right all right to rub it in yeah yeah exactly give, give me five minutes and i'll be joining yeah. you and the, I'll, uh, another quick one rod get in the shed and see how your hopefully all your fertilizers will be nicely stacked away and in a dry place. But yeah. as everybody knows, even the other day in a shop, I saw a bag of Grow More 
I mean, a, a box of grow more and the box had soaked up moisture yeah. from the air. And, um, oh, it is deb fertilizers are devils for um, soaking up moisture. You can still use it, uh, but obviously you'll have to hit it. Sometimes you have to hit it with a hammer to get it back to something like. But, um, yeah, so always keep it in a, a very dry place. Tina Ryan, I use tomato feed on all my plants. Cheap, cheerful, and very, very good. Yeah, it's but it's but you're only feeding potash and a bit of magnesium, etc. So you know if things need nitrogen, there's not really any uh, any night. It's great stuff. I've got I've got to admit, but it's mainly potash. Very specific. So yeah. anything that um, yes, it's to get those lovely tomatoes. But don't forget, when you're growing tomatoes, you've got to get the tomatoes to the top of the to the top. So we actually give them tomato feed, and I also give them phosphogen as well, or a complete food, so that they keep growing. <laughs> Excellent. Well, John, thank you very much. Okay, for then, Rob. Time as ever, and uh, we'll we'll talk again in a couple of weeks' time, and uh, hopefully you'll join us then. In the meantime, if there are any questions you would like to ask John, look out for the notice about the next uh, about the next meetup. And uh, just post underneath that or just put something up and we'll spot it. Uh, or come on live with us on a Sunday afternoon yes. and you can ask, as people have been doing today, you can ask John direct. And if you're, listen, today. if you're listening on the podcast, uh, then get on the web, uh, get on the Facebook site, I should say, uh, Facebook group. It's called Loving Your Garden. And uh, if you just look that up, you'll find us. Very easy to join us. You'll be most welcome. Lots of very, very friendly gardeners on here who are only too pleased to give you some uh, great advice. Yeah, it would be lovely to see you. Thank you, John. Thank you, okay, everyone. Okay, then, Rod. Lovely Thank to see you, you everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, folks. <laughs>